Hey, what's up, everybody? Before we jump into this episode of the Optimal Performance Podcast, I wanted to remind everybody that we're doing a giveaway for the month of February. We're giving somebody, one of you guys that's listening right now, a Concept 2 rowing machine. The Concept 2 rowing machine is about the most versatile and effective piece of home fitness equipment that you can have. This does strength and cardio and endurance combined into an easy-to-assemble home workout system. For any of you that have tried rowing hard for like 30 seconds, it's hard. This is great for high-intensity interval training. This is the type of equipment that record-holding Olympians train with, that CrossFitters and super recreational fitness enthusiasts love. Um, and now you can have one for your very own house, and it's easy to enter to win. But, but, we're also sweetening the deal. In addition to the Concept2 rower, we're also going to throw in a Polar H10 heart rate monitor. So training with this piece of equipment, um, it's super easy to use. It's compatible with all the leading health and fitness tracking apps on mobile devices. It measures the metrics you need to dial in your performance and recovery. It's water resistance, resistant, and it provides instant, highly accurate feedback and tracks performance data uh, during any form of activity. Uh, this is the type of heart rate monitor that, again, elite athletes use, and it's one of the best tools you can use to fine-tune your fitness routine and reach your goals as quickly and effectively as possible. So not only the Concept2 rolling machine, but we just sweeten the pot, and now we're going to throw in a Polar H10 heart rate monitor. So here's how to enter. Uh, click on the OPP description page on iTunes, uh, put your email in to enter, and make sure that you share this with your friends because every share that you do gets you an additional three entries. So tell your friends and family, share it on Facebook, somebody's going to win this bad boy, and it might as well be you. So thank you everybody for listening, and on with the episode. You're listening to the Optimal Performance Podcast, and I'm your host, Sean McCormick. It's the OPP. I'm a performance coach, a wellness entrepreneur, a blogger, a speaker, a biohacker, and it's my privilege to bring to you the leading experts in the field of performance. So let's dig right in. You're listening to the Optimal Performance Podcast. The OPP is brought to you by Natural Stacks, makers of 100% natural and open source supplements designed to help you live optimal. For more information on how to build optimal mental and physical performance in your life, go to naturalstacks.com. As always, please share this. If you get a lot of information out of this, if this helps you in your life, if this helps you live optimal in any way in your life, share it with the people that you love because hopefully it will help them too. As always, we will be following this up. Uh, the posting of this episode is, is followed with links and show notes and data that you can just dive right into and, and go down the rabbit hole. And in this case, I'm really excited to talk to our guest today. Frank Yosa is the founder and CEO of KetoNade. And Frank uh, actually sent me a bottle and I got to take my own little trip down the ketone, exogenous ketone ester train yesterday, and I'm excited to talk about my experience, but, uh, Frank got into ketone aid and exogenous, you know, ketone esters. Uh, Frank's, uh, Frank's wife's godfather is Dr. Richard Veach from the NIH. And, uh, apparently there's a cool story about how he initially got involved with ketones, but 
I'll just start by saying, Frank, it's it's uh, really great to have you. Thanks for joining us on the OPP. Thank you for having me. I'm really excited to hear. Uh, this will be a first for me to hear what happened to you yesterday. I, I don't know. So I'm excited for that yeah. as well. <laughs> well, the, the, the first question that I always love to ask is, um, what are you, what sort of supplements are you, are you ketogenic right now? What, what did you, what did you have for breakfast? What sort of supplements did you take? What are you on? I'll tell you my, <laughs> I'll tell you my routine. I've been fairly keto for the last year and a half. I don't measure my macros. Uh, I am vegan. So it is possible to be vegan keto. Uh, I would say that my macros are probably more like a diabetic diet. However, I don't do 80, 15, five. My guess would be I'm more like a 50 on the fat. But if I test myself any random time, it, it'll be 0.5 to 1.5. Um, and that's after a year, I don't find myself having to have you know 80% fat. Uh, my routine in the morning, first thing, uh, I take maybe seven or eight supplements, uh, but my top two, if I go on vacation and I need to make sure I take, is I like the Mucana Purins, if I pronounce that right, the Himalaya Mucana Purins, um, and then also a niacin, a slow niacin, uh, 500 milligrams are my are my must-haves, but then I also take you know two salt tablets. Um, the electrolytes. I was just talking to someone yesterday that is only able only able to do keto for five, six days, and then goes off and on for months. And I said, you know, how many salt pills do you take? And he said, none. And I said, that's why. He, that's why he's feeling, you know, drowsy or not feeling good after day six or seven. It's electrolytes, electrolytes, electrolytes. So I take a lot of salt pills, potassium pills, and then at night magnesium. Um, I also like to Hooperzine A is one of my favorite supplements, but I find that you can only take it uh, sporadically, no more than twice a week for maximum effectiveness. Uh, it's also fun to take it before you go to sleep. And if you want to see a really great blog post, Tim Ferriss has one on lucid dreaming, where he recommends taking Hooperzine A, and it helps you wake up in your dreams and control your dreams and do some crazy stuff in your dreams. Yeah, yeah, yeah really cool. So that's Hooperzine. Um, let's see what else. And then I have some vegan DHA. Um, and I just recently cut out caffeine. I was doing the, uh, buttered coffee in the morning, but now I do a decaf, uh, buttered coffee, but instead of butter, we use a vegan, no sugar creamer, almond creamer with erythritol and then, uh, MCT oil. I do find that when you get the C8 oil, you have to get a good quality brand because the lower quality, lower price brands, significant difference in how much C8 MCT oil you can take. So I take one tablespoon. So that's my morning routine that takes me up to 12 or one. And then I try to get in a all greens, high you know, kale, spinach, bok choy uh, smoothie. I try to do that every day, but it ends up being three or four times a day. Sometimes I'll just skip lunch and then, you know, call it intermittent fasting and go straight to dinner. And then nighttime, I do a biotin, 10 grams I, or 10 milligrams. I think it's milligrams or grams. I guess milligrams uh, because I'm losing hair. And I seem to think that that works. Magnesium citrate, about 250 uh, to 300 milligrams. If you take just a little bit too much magnesium, you will get the runs. So watch out for that. And uh, that's. That's my you know supplement routine. 
Why on earth, Frank? What, what what are you trying to prove dropping caffeine, man? What, what's going on there? I don't know. <laughs> are, you, are you crazy? One doctor. I don't know. One. So a few things. You take caffeine and it takes you to this new baseline that then doesn't really increase anymore. You have this, a, a new baseline. So why not try to see if I can get that baseline to be you know without caffeine? Uh, and one doctor kind of turned me off on it saying that it ends in INE, like morphine and like listed all these drugs that are addictive. And I think I wanted to do 40 days because that's, you know, what they do in the Bible. So I've done the 40 days. And I think what I'm going to do is I'm going to bring it back once a week. So that one day a week that I really need that pop because I, you just don't get as much of a pop out of it after you've taken it for a few months, uh, at least for it's, me. It's true. Me. No, so, it's, it's, to, it's totally true. And the baseline thing is very real and, 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 you know, you know, there's a new baseline, uh, for the first couple of days that you quit out, that you quit the caffeine. Yeah. It's like, Oh my gosh, I'm so, I'm such a, such a slug without it. That's it was a two to three weeks, two to three weeks for me to, uh, get some energy back. And, uh, yeah, it was, it was like, what is going on here? This, yeah. It took a good two or three weeks. So I, I cleansed it out and no disrespect for those that, Still do it now. I just have to make two cups of coffee, one for my wife with caffeine and one without, which makes it you know twice <laughs> as twice as hard. But uh, I'm also playing with tea cream. Uh, Sean Wells's tea cream. I've I played around with that a little bit. It was supposed to be complementary to caffeine, um, but without the uh, you know, without the baseline. You know the new the new baseline where you don't feel it anymore with caffeine. Tea cream supposedly yeah. is similar, but you do feel it every time. Well, thank you for, thanks. For, I, I, it's always fascinating because I, you know, we talk to so many different people from all different walks of life and, and our audience is super informed and they're all tinkerers and they're all experimenting with just this, you know, lists and lists of different, you know, uh, biological biohacks. And so it's always, it's always, it's always sort of a good, just to get an idea of, well, what, what's Frank get into? What's yeah. his routine look like? Yeah. Hooperzine. So, tell yeah. us. If you haven't played with Hooperzine, Hooperzine, 200 milligrams for maybe a 180 pound person. You can, you can ease up to 400, but it can make some people have an upset stomach with too much. And if you're not sure whether a brain supplement works, take that before going to sleep and wake up in the morning and tell me that your brain didn't just have a crazy roller coaster, that it did something to your brain. So then when you take it during a meeting, you're not quite sure, but when you take it at night for dreaming, you know, you know that it does something. So then in the meetings, I think, or in something that's, you know, uh, mentally intensive. I do think that there's something there with the Hooper sign and, uh, very few supplements. Do I feel anything like that, but only once huh. or twice, once or twice a week, I gave it to one person after three days, they loved it. And they go, my dreams went away on day four. And I said, it, you know, it just doesn't work. It just stops working. If you take it back to back. So some multivitamins have it a small amount every day. And I just don't know if that, if that does anything. Sure. Well, yeah, don't get greedy with the lucid dreaming. You freakazoid doing weird stuff at night. Well, this could easily turn into a, uh, a Freudian podcast where we talk about your dreams, but we'll probably, <laughs> that's, that, that, that's where, that's where my mind goes. But, uh, well, let's talk about ketone aid because, um, tell, tell me your story about, you know, just briefly, how did you, how did you get involved in this? You know, the, everybody that's listening to this is familiar with, with what ketosis is. They're familiar with how to get their 
you know, um, with, with, with food and with fasting and exercise and so forth. But, but I don't know that there's that many people are that are experimenting with, uh, with, with esters or salts. And I know that there's different types of esters and I know that there's different types of salts. So, so tell us how you got involved in this, uh, in this weird world. So, yeah, so it started with a friend of mine wrote a blog post, danielodio.com. He wrote a blog post on his experience with ketosis and basically said, hey, come down the rabbit hole with me because it's a whole huge rabbit hole of, you know, the concept of eating fat for energy is just, you know, throws everything that we learned out the window. So then I did take that dive, you know, two to four hours of interviews that I listened to. And then a week later, I went to my uh, father-in-law's 80th birthday party and he's best friends with Dr. Veach and my wife's godfather. And Dr. Veach is the inventor of all of this, uh, who's based out of NIH, him and Todd King in the lab there. And he, you know, I was asking him what he was up to and he starts talking about ketones and lo and behold, the week before I had just happened to have taken, you know, the huge, huge deep dive. So I was able to actually be you know, somewhat able to converse with him because normally he's not used to people, you know, for him, for him to start from scratch explaining what ketosis is and ketones is, he just gives up. He's just, you know, not worth it, <laughs> not worth the energy. <laughs> um, so for me to be able to converse with him and then, you know, a year later while trying to, you know, help him out and get this, you know, get the production going, I decided that I'll just start a company and, make it happen as opposed to relying on others that are promising money or promising production and just not happening. I decided to, you know, put my money where my mouth is and just, you know, go full steam and, and do it. And, uh, so we were the, you know, world's first commercially available ketone ester. Uh, previously Dave Asprey had spent $25,000 to order one serving from a lab. Now, you know, to have one PhD make one serving, you know, might take him, you know, six months, and that's where the 25K comes from. Um, but right now, if you were to buy this molecule, you could technically buy on a few different molecule chemical websites, and it's $1,000 a gram, the same $25,000. So the task that we had to you know, undertake was finding a way to bring it down from $25,000 down to $1 a gram or $30 a serving, um, there's also rumors that Team Sky Tour de France was you know, using this six six thousand dollars a drink, you know, six thousand dollars per serving drink, uh, and I have an epic tale on my website of Greg Henderson in the Tour de France watching the the leading team lose a bottle and freaking out, and for the next five miles on a walkie-talkie saying. We've dropped a bottle. We've dropped a bottle. It's on the side of the road. Somebody go back and get it. And Greg is just here <laughs> thinking. What in the world? Just go grab another Gatorade or you know whatever water. Uh, he ne- in his twenty years had never seen anyone freak out like that. And then he went back to the bus and told other athletes, and they said, "Oh yeah, they're they're using these you know ketone esters that are six thousand dollars a drink." So then the light went off, like or went on, and it's like, "Oh wow, now I understand why they were freaking out about this you know drink if it's so rare." Flat, uh, fast forward two years, I got Greg Henderson this drink to try out, and he was freaking out he said his threshold like he knows ex- his exact threshold on a on a bike you can sustain you know 270 or you can sustain 300 for a certain amount of time and he was you know 10 12 above his threshold and like he basically said he was gobsmacked in his uh, accent you know what in the world is going on here 
And then it, and then he understood why that team was paying $6,000 serving because right. his line was, and it's not marginal gains, like, you know, the half a percent one, it's like massive quantifiable gains. So now it's just a, a race to make it happen and bring it to market in a price that, you know, that we won't go bankrupt, you know, making it for more than it costs to sell it. Um, and that's what we did. We did an Indiegogo campaign and sold five times the quantity that we promised. We even had to halt pre-sales because we need to, you know, let's get these shipped out before we start committing to, you know, uh, more product. And it's been a roller coaster and really exciting talking to dozens, if not like 50 elite professional athletes in every single sport, MMA, volleyball, tennis, table tennis, cycling, marathon running, you know, giving them exact advice on sending them samples and then giving them exact, you know, protocols on how to take it. Cause, uh, that's tough. We'll get to that later. It's really tough to take it. It's a difficult protocol. So it's been a roller coaster ride for the last year. We've got, you know, multiple R and D labs, like simultaneously working on, you know, bringing the cost down each one working on a different step. Uh, it's hard to explain why it's so expensive, but one way to explain it is if you start with a hundred gallon tank and after step one, you lose 90%, then you've got, you know, 10 gallons left. Then the next step, you refine it and you lose 90% and you only have, you know, one gallon left. Your hundred gallons that you started with just turned into one, which, so it just skyrockets the price and this stuff comes out in like small droplets at the end and just wildly expensive. But eventually I'm confident that it will be in your everyday convenience store, you know, grab it for a couple bucks, uh, drink. Well, and, and my experience was different. So I'm a, I'm a retired elite athlete. I'll, I'll full disclosure. I played, um, I played soccer in college and I played semi-pro afterward and I'm, I'm still pretty active. I, I do jujitsu and, uh, work out at home and a pretty fit guy. But you and I, when we were talking before I did my test yesterday, you were suggesting the, uh, obviously not for the, not for the performance you were suggesting for the, for the mental boost. Right. So there's two protocols, actually, uh, two protocols, one for mind and one for sport. So there's different ways to take it. Uh, the sport requires glucose load and more ketones. The mind protocol requires far less ketones. Uh, but then there's also a difference in protocol depending on how keto you are. So it was designed for non-ketogenic athletes. Problem is only keto people know what this is and, is, you know, are reaching out. So it's kind of an odd thing you know, to teach a new athlete about the world of ketones. It's just a huge rabbit hole. So all the keto people reach out. It's like, wait a second. Well, what's it? wasn't really designed for you. So the sport protocol is then broken down to non-keto athletes, which need to do like a one-to-one -one ratio of glucose followed 20 minutes later by the ketones. Uh, but then there's the fully keto adapted people that are over one year, nine months, no cheat days, fully keto. We found that they can use far less ketones and they don't need the glucose load and they've had success. Uh, what's really tricky though, is the, the group in between that are somewhat keto, like weekend warriors, six days on one day off. Um, they, when they don't take it with glucose, their blood glucose drops too much. And it's just like swapping one fuel for another. You might read online or hear online about 
ketones being stronger than glucose, maybe, but nothing's more strong, more potent than having both of them in your system at once. Uh, but the ketones will drop your blood sugar. So if you're in this middle area of being partially keto and you take a bunch of ketones and your blood sugar drops too much, you're not going to be able to lift those weights. You're not going to be able to, you know, run uh, effectively. So the people in the middle still need to have like 50%, some glucose added to their routine uh, for it all to work. So I gave you the mental protocol because it's just easier. It's just here, take this amount. It's half as much on an empty stomach, no glucose and, you know, call me in the morning. So that's why we, we focus on that. Yeah. And that's exactly what I did. So I, you know, my, my tendency is to be, um, I'm, I'm definitely that mid range guy, you know, um, ketone, uh, in ketosis sometimes. Um, and so I followed the protocol, you know, I, I, my, my eating window is between two o'clock and nine o'clock at night every day. Um, I eat, well, without getting into the details of, of what I ate, I followed the protocol and I didn't, um, I didn't do any, uh, fatty coffee like I normally do. I just had black coffee and then I waited until about 10 o'clock. Um, and so, you know, since I don't eat till two, that's, that's not, that's not a stretch for me. And I tested, uh, I tested my ketones with a blood tester, got the care touch ketone tester. It's a blood tester. And, and I was at 0.4. So that's where I started. And, uh, and then I took, you know, I just, just sucked it down. Uh, I got the 1.7 milliliter tester. Is that the one that you sent? Well, um, what did it, what did I write on the top of the bottle? Total number of grams. Was it like 30? Oh, 30. 30. Thirty. So yeah, yeah. You, you got the technical one serving, which is thirty grams. Note that some people will find effect in this as low as ten or fifteen. Um, so I gave. I wanted you to try thirty. The maximum for your weight would have been around forty. So we gave you, you know, right at thirty, hoping that you'd get into the three to five millimolar range. Yeah. So I took it. I took it. I was at point four, and then I took it, and then I tested uh, about about. 20 minutes after, and I was at 2.9. Okay. And then I tested, uh, 20 minutes after that. So the 40 minute mark, and I was still at 2.9. Okay. Uh, and then I, uh, I did some, I just was just curious. And so I did some like burpees and, um, I was having a, a typical standard work day. And so I was a work day for a podcaster slash wellness center owner is, atypical every day. So, you know, I had a number of tasks, some tax documents, some filing, some emails. I had a couple of important conversations that I was, so my cognitive load was, was, was relatively high. And I wanted to see like how quickly my brain was working. Um, and then I tested again, just for, just for giggles, I tested about the hour mark and it crept up to 3.2. And, and then I didn't test again. I I think I got distracted and, and got kept working. And then, um, I didn't, I, I, that was my last test. And then I tested, I think, uh, in the evening time and I had dropped back down and I was actually still in quote dietary ketosis. I was at 0.5, but the result that I got, the experience that I got was a, was a speed. It was a mental speed. And, you know, as a, as a tinkerer and, you know, taking dopamine brain food from time to time, I actually didn't take any of my typical natural stacks, nootropics. 
because I wanted it, uh, uh, I wanted it to be as, as clear and clean as possible. And what I found was, uh, the speed at which I was thinking was, was noticeably faster. And also my ability to verbalize was noticeably faster in the conversations and the meetings that I was having. I was, I was just on point. I could find, you know, my, my vocabulary increased, um, yep. n- noticeably my ability to, uh, you know, connect my brain with my mouth <laughs> was, was noticeable. And then, um, I also had a little, I have felt a little bit of a pep, you know, in my, uh, a little step, a little pep in my step, Yep. uh, felt motivated to do burpees, you know, just, I don't typically just feel, um, motivated to just start doing burpees, but I did feel an energetic boost, but it wasn't like, it wasn't like a jittery, nervy, you know, like modafinil, like sort of like, you know, sometimes caffeine. I, oh, some people call that like, caffeine, you know, it's, it's without, without the jitters, but the focus. And you're exactly. talking about word retrieval. Another person said that they pulled out a word that they hadn't used since like SATs in high school. And they just like use it seamlessly in the sentence. They're like, where the, where the heck did that come from? So yeah, these are all <laughs> exactly what, you know, what we've heard motivated to get off the couch and, and do something, um, you know, laser focused in the zone. Yeah. Perfect. Yeah. So I, uh, I, I was, I was happy with it, man. And I, and I, I, I'm, I test lots of different stuff. And so I just try to take everything with a grain of salt, wink, wink, uh, uh-huh. pun intended. But I, I was, I had moderate expectations and was so excited to see that jump. And I know that sort of the ideal range, and we'll talk a little bit about, you know, yeah. ideal ranges, you know, nobody, you don't, you don't need to be at 10, you don't need to be at nine, but, um, I was excited to see, cause I had, I mean, this was the day, the day after the Super Bowl, and I was uh, I didn't have any, I didn't have any alcohol, but I had, I had three cookies on Sunday. Uh, Ooh. they were awesome. Uh, <laughs> they were so worth it. Uh, but I had, you know, I had cookies the day before and, um, and, and so to go into that process and to see that number jump from 0.4 to 2.9 and then to climb slowly was, was super awesome. It was, and, and to feel the effect was really cool. Yeah, you you went you got right into the zone, and your your results are subjective. But uh, Bob Troya, biohacker, did a nice blog post where he did Lumosity brain games for one week in order to create a baseline, and then he took the ester, and he was his worst increase was a ten percent improvement. Meanwhile, the one week that he was doing these baselines, he would maybe go up one percent. So he took the ester, ten percent was his worst increase. And then all the way up to 29% on his scores across like 10 different brain games. And his blog post, you know, uh, talks about all these, you know, different games and which ones spatial recognition, where you just kind of see numbers in the corner of your eyes, calculating the equations like in the matrix. Um, so yeah, it's, it's real. And you were talking about the, you know, the ideal number, uh, 3.2 is right in the beginning of that ideal number. If you, in the past, there's something called ketone salts. For those that don't know, it's it's the same molecule, beta-hydroxybutyrate, but beta-hydroxybutyrate is an acid. So with the ketone salts, they bond it with one part sodium salt, potassium salt, you know, a salt to bring the pH up. Um, but people haven't been able to really get their ketone levels too high because the salt load is so massive that you would, for you to get to 3.2, you'd have to eat 
you know, four, five, six packets of ketone salts, multiple grams of salt. And I know it's good to have salt when you're keto, but not like multiple grams, six grams of, you know, or, or I mean, a half of a restaurant shaker of salt. It just, you know, it's just never been able to be done before. So now with the ketone ester, instead of bonding it to a salt, it bonds it to something called 1,3-butane dial. So there's no salt in it. So now it's a choose your own adventure. You can pick whatever number you want to go to. And it's kind of, you know, sexy. People love, you know, seeing the number 6.0, 7.0, but there really is a diminishing return. There's too much energy, just like glucose. You don't want to be taking, if your body is supposed to take one packet for a race, you don't want to be just ramming five packets. There is a diminishing return. Your body won't, won't like it too much energy. So testing your blood ketones, having a baseline, testing at 15, 30, 60, two hours, and trying to be in that, you know, three to five, you know, maybe six range is the ideal range. You start going above that and there's like an, we think, we suspect that there's an insulin-like response where the body says, hey, there's too much energy. And we've had people, uh, you know, almost fall asleep. One guy, he took the ester and didn't follow the protocol. He's supposed to start his workout in 10 minutes. And he instead had a half an hour drive. We didn't figure <laughs> this out until half an hour into our conversation where you were saying that the, you know, it didn't work. It's like, yeah, then in my half an hour drive and my partner and I, Steve, we just said, whoa, 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 what half an hour drive? Like that's not in the protocol. And, you know, he just had too much energy in his system and the system said, you know, tried to you know, shut it down and made him, made him sleepy. So you really want to get, you know, proper amount and the ketone esters, you know, when we make more of it, we recommend people pour out exactly the amount that the minimum amount that they need. So start off with, 10 or 15 grams based on your sensitivity and slowly ease up and then, you know, find the optimal amount. I wanted to give you one number that I knew would work. Um, but ultimately it's cheaper if you can get the same effectiveness at 20, <laughs> 20 grams. Sure. And, and is that what you guys are testing now? I mean, you said that you've got R and D labs set up. Are, are you doing, are you trying to find that sort of sweet spot for, for what that sort of minimum effective dose is for no, the, the average person? No, those those R&D labs are for bringing production costs down. So it's production, production, production. Um, as, as far as, you know, what we're doing, every single body is going to respond differently. Uh, the 30-gram the servings is, is a, uh, a number that we know won't get people too high on their ketone levels, you know, even whether they're you know, keto or non-keto. Uh, but they can decide that they can, you know, if they want to start with 15, you know, that's, you know, that's probably what I would, I would do recommend starting a little bit lower. Also, I wanted to ask you, how was your hunger? So you took it right at 10 AM and you normally don't eat it too. What did it do for your hunger? It didn't, I didn't notice, uh, I, you know, again, because I, cause I fast every day, basically just, you know, constantly my every day is um, intermittent fast. I do. I didn't really notice a difference in my, in my hunger. I've, I've been doing it for such a long time that I really don't start getting hungry until one, one you know, as my brain says, Hey dude, you need some food. Um, and it was about, it was about consistent with what I usually, okay. usually experience. Oftentimes we hear yeah. people say that, you know, they had no hunger straight until dinner. So that's what I was, that's what I would expect from you. Another downside for kicking too much is that it will actually, it can lower your blood sugar too much and actually trigger hunger sensations. So, uh, <laughs> there is, if, if you're hypoglycemic, 
low blood sugar, you, you get hungry. So sometimes people they'll just grab a handful of nuts and that recalibrates that and then they get back into the back into the zone again. Do you is 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 this for everybody? Is 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 ketone is ketone esters for uh, for everybody flat out? Well, we don't recommend it for anyone under the age of 18. Once you start talking about, you know, children and pregnant women, we just want to stay far far away from that. Some of the ketone supplements say, you know, safe for children and pregnant women. And I just see that I'm just, it just makes me cringe. But as far as for everyone else, well, it's expensive right now, but when it becomes an everyday convenience store drink, if you're going to be grabbing something, I think it would be more beneficial to grab the, you know, the ketone version versus, you know, the sugar version, but, you know, is it going to be as good as grabbing a, you know, hundred percent kale juice drink? You know, probably not. <laughs> you know, that's real food. Real food like that is, you know, is better. Um, but, you know, some people will find themselves taking this, you know, smaller quantities, spreading it out three times a day for, you know, every day. I mean, there have been studies done that show, you know, longevity studies on telomeres where they are able to show an increase in, in lifespan with ketones. So, the research is just now starting to begin. Uh, there haven't been a large quantity of ketone esters to be able to be supplied to researchers, but they're lining up for a myriad of experiments. But once there's, you know, they need you know, many, many kilos or tons of material to do massive studies. Um, so we're really early on that, you know, front right now. And as far as, you know, elite athletes, no one should ever take this game day. When this works, it really works. But when it doesn't work, it really doesn't work. This isn't a oh you, you take a couple <laughs> you take a couple salt tablets. Oh, did I notice a difference? No. Like if if you take too much of it or you take it at the wrong time or you don't follow the protocol because you've only listened to the podcast where it went well. By the way, I put several podcasts where it did not go well because people kept on saying, Oh, it always works. No, it doesn't. Um it, it, I've had a couple of people drop out of the race. So it's important that you take it on a on a one, if not two, practice days, same time of the day. You know, don't have your race be at a seven a.m. race, but then you're testing the ketone esters at at five p.m. with a sandwich in your stomach. Like it's got to be the exact <laughs> same conditions, uh, you know, before you bring it into game day. It's uh, it, it, it's you know very powerful stuff. So you have to take it right. I wish the protocol was easier. I wish it. I mean, that's what it'll be when it's in convenience stores. It'll be much smaller quantities instead of 30 or 60 grams, 50 grams being the maximum for a 180 pound person. You know, the convenience store drink will only have five grams. So yeah, you can just take it without thinking. But once you increase the quantity, you want to be very meticulous. But when you take the glucose load, you know, your stomach, having an empty stomach, if you have food in your stomach, it decreases the effectiveness by 50%. Um, you know, I, some sometimes I get these, you know, Instagram people with a million followers that want to try it, and I try to explain to them how to take, it, and they're like, "Oh man, you're making this hard for me." I'm like, "I'm sorry. Like, I wish it was just, a, <laughs> you know, crack open a bottle and drink it and be done." But and you know, sure enough, a week later they said, you know, it didn't work, and then I asked them, you know, what they did, and sure enough, they, you know, went to the gas station right beforehand and had a hot dog and just, you know, didn't follow the protocol. Um, and even the people that do follow the protocol and have amazing results, like one MMA, uh, Ninja Warrior, he had a four-minute hold time 
was his PR. He took the Escher and he had a nine minute hold time. And he said the only reason he stopped, not because his arms were tired, but he felt his skin was falling off. Um, if you have experiences like that where it works, when they did follow protocol, you would think the second time they would follow the protocol again because it worked. No, the, ap- the opposite happens. It works so well that they just think, oh, it just works. And then they don't follow the protocol and it doesn't work. So it's really important to uh, be meticulous with the protocol. So you're saying like he was actually like like doing a, like a hang, hang on a bar? Yeah, yeah. How long can I hang on this bar? It's a pretty you know simple uh, test. And his PR was four minutes. And he has it all on video. And he was, you know, he just went to nine. Uh, another ninja warrior, Andy Lowe's, said that normally he does uh, 15 sets of pull-ups, I think 10 each. And his PR was uh, 18. Uh, yeah, 18. And then this time he hit 23 sets and he had to stop because he started just getting scared. He's like, what is going on? Like, this is just, you know, way over his PR numbers. So, yeah, we're seeing these results from multiple people. And obviously, individual results may vary. <laughs> um, <laughs> and if you don't have good baselines, some people say, oh, well, I'll just, I'm going to go for a run. And then next week, I'm going to take the ester and go for the same run and see how I did. It doesn't work that way. You could easily have a 10% difference, just a random Joe running one day versus another day a week later. Like, you can't do it that way. But if you have Strava results, like on a bike, you've done the same route 10 times. Um, then I'm extremely confident that you will notice a quantifiable uh, increase in your performance if you have really good data. And the funny thing is, some people won't feel a difference. So um, some people won't feel a difference. So the the ketones will drop your uh, the level of lactic acid in your legs by almost fifty percent. So what happens? What happens is you just Go a little bit faster until you reach this new threshold, but you don't know that you're going faster until you look down at your watch or you have, mm. you know, some, some data. We gave it to one, uh, ultra marathon runner and he said, I didn't notice a difference. Like, okay, well, how fast do you run? Like how fast do you normally run? And what did you do? He said, well, I run anywhere from seven, uh, seven minute miles to 10 minute miles, depending on, you know, what I feel like doing that day. And I said, well, if you, if you have that huge of a range, and then you suddenly, with the esters, you're running, you know, seven thirty, eight. You just it doesn't work that way. You sure. you have to be at a threshold of exertion, and then you'll be able to notice. I think a you know quantifiable uh, improvement. Yeah, it makes sense. So what what are some other uses for this? Um, you know, you touched just briefly about. Um, like disease and stuff like that. What about like recovery? Are there other other uses for for ketone esters that that you either think may yep. may be valid with further research or what whatever? Yeah, so we're starting to play with a protocol of taking it the day before, which you know seems wasteful. It's a super expensive drink. You're just going to take it the day before your performance. Well, it's much less risky because it's not game day. You know, what does it do immediately to your blood sugar? Um, but people have. We've only done this, you know, a few times, but we've re- found anecdotal reports or subjective reports that the next day, you know, they woke up an hour or two earlier, just ready to go, just as if their brain was just firing on all cylinders. And you might notice that as well, the day two effect, where you might just feel just a little bit better, a little bit sharper. Um, 
And so, so for some athletes, they, they can take it the day before to have, you know, just on game day, they're fully on. But then also uh, you can take it as a recovery drink mixed in with your carb recovery drink um, for next day recovery. Now, as far as recovery, it, those that have taken it before their performance have noticed that the next day recovery in and of itself was just amazing. Greg Henderson does an HRV monitor where he detects, you know, variabilities in his heart rate. And normally it would read a three, like he just had a really hard workout, but it read a seven as if he had taken the day off. And he's like, what in the world is going on here? Mm -hmm. And that was taking the drink beforehand. Uh, but some athletes might start finding that they can, if they don't want to take the drink before the exercise, cause it's, you know, before the performance it's too risky. Yes. They can take it after the exercise over the, over a three hour period, take it slowly and, uh, have some recovery benefits so that the next day they can train harder again. Um, yeah. do you mean slowly, like just like little, little sips kind of here and there, or, well, we haven't figured out exactly the best way to administer that. Um, I believe there's one paper out that said that it was over a five hour period. Um, so we haven't done much with that. So not sure quite yet. Not sure if you want to just raise your ketones up to 3.0 and have a, you know, a bump there or, you know, slowly sip on it for the next, you know, couple of hours and, and get ketones in your system throughout the, the post exercise. So it's very early uh, in, in those stages sure. of, you know, trying to flush that out. Um, but we also, one downside for the drink is it only works for another downside is that it only works for 90 minutes to two hours. And then there's just a sheer cliff. You run out of fuel and that's that. <laughs> um, mm. So then it's a question of, okay, well, there's these longer performances. How do you do a five hour? How do you do a six hour? And you can't just follow the same protocol from before because your blood, when you're you know, not working out and you're just stretching, getting ready for your performance, your blood glucose levels are going to react differently than if you're mid race. So you can't just repeat the, the four race protocol mid race. So we found that, you know, some tweaks have been able, we've been able to top off a couple times and extend another hour, another hour. Uh, and you do that by having half the amount, about half the amount that you took up front, um, and bring the glucose closer together with the ketones. So instead of being 20 minutes apart, so you have a spike in glucose and then the ketones bring it down, it's more like five or 10 minutes apart. Uh, and then people have had success extending it another hour. Okay. Yeah. Personally, I, I didn't experience any, any sort of drop off, you know, not a noticeable, like, Oh, I'm sad and tired now. Nothing, nothing like that. But you were on the mind protocol. So there's different. So if you're on the mind Got protocol it. and you're doing no glucose, and it's just the mind. You're not, you're not burning up. You know, yes. Your brain is using ketones, but not compared to someone running when you're running or gotcha. on a bike you're using up. So on the mind, yeah, it could easily, you tell me five to six hours. Some people have reported eight hours of straight mental in the zone, lock the office door and got a week's worth of work done. Um, yeah. but on the bike or, you know, full out running. Yeah. 90 minutes, you know, you, you could use it all up. Yeah. I mean, yesterday I, I did, <laughs> I did, uh, a bunch of tax documents. I did, uh, I did payroll. I did, uh, 
I came home and played with my kids, you know, for, for a couple of hours. Just was like, just, I just felt this like, uh, presence, this presence of mind that, that, that I'm fond of because I'm doing lots of different things and running businesses and doing podcasts and, and trying to juggle a very active life. Um, and I, I pride myself in my ability to stay focused and be present and be in the moment. And without my sort of standard nootropic stack that I usually take during a work day, I didn't have any of that. You know, I had the, I had, uh, I had the ketone aid instead and experienced, I had a, had a really great day. And now that I'm thinking about it today, and even though I didn't take the, the, uh, performance, the athletic performance protocol, you know, I've, I'm, I'm after we're done here, I'm still going to go, I'm going to go exercise uh, because I feel really good today. Um, yeah, the following day. Yeah. So, so tell yeah. me with, with your, so next time I would think you would want to keep your routine the same. So whatever, you know, nutritional supplements you normally take and actually take it with them. So your baseline is you with supplements. So what you've done right. here is you actually went down and then you took the ester and you went above your baseline, right? right? So I would actually recommend keeping whatever you normally do consistently. And by the way, niacin, it's a little secret that helps uh, sure. with with ketones. It'll make your numbers a little bit lower, but it actually helps transport uh, ketones into your you know system a little bit faster. Yeah, the vasodilation from the niacin. Yeah. yeah. So, but your yeah. numbers might be you know ten twenty percent lower, but who cares about that? It's actually getting to where it needs to go. Uh, so sure. I, I would test it you know with your normal uh, normal supplements. Well, send me some more, Frank. I'll yeah. take it. <laughs> So it's not available for purchase, is it? So we we had the Indiegogo campaign pre-orders, and we've halted right now the, the pre-orders. But if you sign up on ketoneaid.com on the front page, we will be updating people. Uh, some people, sometimes those notices go to people's spam. So you can also follow us on Twitter and Facebook. So once we have a steady flow of production, then we will you know turn on the pre-orders and you know straight uh, ordering. Uh, of the product. Yeah. But one thing I like to explain that you're talking about, you know, making your, your brain feel sharper. I like to explain the ketone ester, not as an overclocking mechanism. You're not overclocking your brain. Instead, most people, non keto people, the world of, you know, the glucose brain, most people have some level of glucose impairment to the brain, whether it's 10% or 20%. They're just walking around every day at 80 to 90% fueled, you know, their brain is only 80 to 90% fueled. You bring in the ketone ester and it just brings you to 100%. It doesn't take you to 110, 120. So the more glucose impaired your brain is, the more you're going to notice the ketone ester. So I've had some ah. people, some doctors that are just like super crazy healthy, not keto, just super crazy healthy. And one guy is like a meditation guru. He took it. He's like, I didn't notice anything different. Because I think he's already optimized. I think he's at his 98, 99% Zen Buddha, you know, uh, you know, meditating for three hours a day. So when you get this, you know, flow state in a, some people call it a flow state in a bottle and you're like, I already live here. You know, there is no, <laughs> there, there is no flowing or, er, you don't, you don't more flow. So, uh, <laughs> so but I like to, it's important that it's not seen as an overclocking because overclocking isn't sustainable. Instead, it's just bringing you, to the baseline where you should be. One MMA fighter said the other day, it just made me feel like I was 10 years ago. And that's where, you know, I should be. So by fueling your body with, you know, all of the right ingredients, 
it can help your brain be optimized. And some people that are super deep in ketosis, they try to you know, do a one or two day fast and then they take the ketone ester and they're like, I don't notice anything. It's like, yeah, because your baseline was three or four millimolars. Like, what more do you want? You are in the zone. You, you right. can't amp it up. Um, now you're just being greedy. <laughs> yes, yeah. So you've, you've <laughs> wasted you've wasted that drink. Um, some people have used it, however, to kick off a multi-day fast. That that makes sense. But don't waste it by saying, you know, I'm going to fast for two days and then take the drink. It's just, you know, I, I think that would be that would be a waste. So yeah, if that helps explain, you know, that's not an overclocking. It's just letting your brain be where it should be. Right. And for some people, you can take the drink one time, like the glucose-based world, take the drink one time, never take the drink ever again, and go do keto. Go live keto. <laughs> you know, yeah. get, a, get a glimpse of this thing that you, you, know, you couldn't get past the one-week keto flu, two-week, and you gave up. Fine. Take the drink. You know, feel what it's like to be in you know, three to five millimolars, and then be like, oh, that's my motivation. Don't buy the drink again, and just be keto and live in that state. Well, that's, that's a, that's a good concept, right? For, for, for those, the keto flu, you know, for, for those of us that are interested or for the people that are, that are still running on sugar, but are interested in getting into a ketogenic diet that's fat adapted, this could be, this could be an excellent way to jumpstart that transition from sugar brain to fat brain. Uh, you know, Mark Sisson, uh, you know, he's writing and talking a lot about, you know, the sort of metabolic, uh, metabolic reset and, this really could be um, a, a a safe and easy and convenient, albeit not 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 incredibly affordable yet, but right. but a way to to get into it now because because it sucks that sugar hangover, much like the caffeine, you know, no more caffeine, the no more sugar thing is real, and it, and, it, and I think it's a major roadblock for people that know that they would operate better. Uh, if they were fat adapted, they just, they're just spooked by, by that sugar right. drop off. This, this could be an, an excellent tool for them. Well, let's talk real quickly about the price. You said it's expensive. The, the interesting thing is it's actually less expensive on a per gram or per millimolar of, in your blood basis versus the ketone salts. So the ketone salts, uh, the, the non-racemic form, the ketone salts, there's two different versions of the ketone salts that have been around for two or three years. Uh, and one is a racemic version. It's much less expensive to make. It's like half of the supplements you've seen that say L-tryptophan or L-lysine. That L or D means it's either the left-handed version of the molecule or the right-handed version, and the body can only use one of them. Sometimes it's L, sometimes it's D. One is not better than the other, but certain molecules, you know, their bioactive portion is either D or L. With the ketones, it's the D form. But almost all products, unless, uh, I was going to say, unless it's specifically mentioned, but the one that is not, they're almost all racemic. And on the, the back of the bottle, if it doesn't, if it just says, you know, beta hydroxybutyrate, it's almost, it is always racemic with the exception of one version. I'll get, get to that in a second. So with these racemic salts, the L version is what the, the body can't use now there's some debate whether it can be whether it has other properties like keep you your your hunger uh, abated um and some people have said that there's papers that say that the l converts to d but you know i know one group that took 30 grams of l tested their blood and not one drop 
of D was ever converted in the next two or three hours. But there is a paper that shows that suckling mice, not adult mice, suckling mice somehow convert L to D. So I, I wouldn't recommend making any assumptions that it works in a, a, adults if it doesn't even work in adult mice. So the L form is just, it's a waste. Uh, but then you still have to have the, the salt load on the L form because it's, you know, beta-hydroxybutyrate is acidic. So with this racemic salts, half of the half of that massive salt load is just going to waste because it's bonded to the L. There's one version. It's a company called Prove It. I have no vested interest in them. They have a version called Max, and that is substantially non-racemic. So what they did was they only have the D form. Sometimes in science, it's called the R form. Just makes things really confusing. It's just a D form, so it has half the amount of the salt load, but then. So you can either take twice the quantity of the product uh, for the, per salt load, or you can you know, cut the salt load in half and take you know, the same amount of beta-hydroxybutyrate. But it costs more money. But on a gram-per-gram gram basis, the non-racemic salts are about $1 per gram. And the ketone ester is one that we're selling is $1 per gram. So it's actually the same price as these uh. salts. The only difference is, it's not my fault that, you know, eight grams, eight or eight and a half grams is what's approximately in the max. They don't label it, but you can do the math and figure it out. It's eight and a half grams. Um, it's not my fault that eight and a half grams doesn't do anything for most, for, for many people. You know, they don't notice anything. It's just too small. Dr. Veach, the inventor of all this, made ketone salts, non-racemic, many, many years ago, 10, 15 years ago. And you just threw it in the trash because it's like, Ah, not enough energy can be created. The doctors would kill me if I was giving this amount, this amount of salt load to people. Just you know, throw it out. So eight grams. So our serving sizes is the equivalent of you know, our one serving is three packets, four packets of keto max. So on a gram per gram basis, it's the same. Um, Got it. So you know, that's why I was saying that some people might find if you find effectiveness with that one packet of max, you know, the non-caffeine, let's isolate the variables, the non-caffeine version, if you feel that, then go ahead, start as low as eight grams of the ester and, you know, see if that does anything for you. Um, but, you know, the optimal maximum amount, you just can't get to those levels with, with the salt. What? Is it is it is the amount of information and anecdotes coming in? Is it a little is it is a little much to kind of track and and <laughs> I mean I can I, I can only imagine the different stories and different variables. There's so many different things that come into play when you're experimenting with you know. Do you consider this a supplement? Well, no. Yes. So we we don't consider it a supplement. You're talking about the data and the facts that are out there and how confusing it is. Let me tell you one quick paper that was out there. It compared racemic salts to non-racemic ketone ester. Like, that is so confusing. Why wouldn't you do the, the scientific paper on racemic salts, sorry, non-racemic salts, so just a deform salt versus just a deform ester? So you have, you know, some level playing field, but they didn't. They used racemic over here and then the salt and then compared the two and, and showed you know, on a gram-per-gram gram basis that the ester did more. But yeah, that's, that's racemic stuff. Um, so no, we're actually... We're selling the ester as a as a food. It's a grass generally recognized as safe food, not uh, as a supplement. Got it. 
Does it, does it, does the anecdotal evidence and your guys' website does a really thorough job of explaining, of showing stories of, uh, you know, there's motocross and MMA and powerlifters and former NFL. And, and then you actually go, which I thought was super refreshing was that you talk about negative reviews. Like you have a yeah. video down there yeah. that, that addresses like, here's some, here's where people, here's where people had a, had a negative experience and address that head on. Yeah. Is it, is it, do you guys have teams of people, um, uh, receiving all of these sort of reviews and experiences and trying to, trying to suss out the different variables of, of why, you know, why they're, why they're ineffective for people or how effective they are for people. I mean, yep. especially with the amount of detail, just talking about racemic and non-racemic that, that element alone just gets confusing quickly. I think for yep. the layperson. like how did, how does that, how do you rectify all of that as you continue to, to develop the product? Well, right now we've, you know, given out maybe 50 samples, so it can be done in an Excel spreadsheet. And that's where we, you know, write out all the, we write out an Excel spreadsheet. How did it work for them? How much did they take? How much do they weigh? Are they keto, non-keto and get all the variables. And we have a pretty good picture of why it didn't work. It didn't work because that person refused to take glucose and we told them, you know, don't do it. And they said, Oh, I want to try it. And it didn't work. You know, I, I told you so the other athlete, uh, took the protocol game day as opposed to in practice and took that pre-game protocol and did it in the middle of a race. So they didn't take it when they were stationary. They took it in the middle of the race, which game day didn't work. So we just, from there forward, we, we told everyone, you know, don't, don't take it game day and don't take it in the middle of the race. Uh, unless you know, you, you change the protocol, you have to take much less and stuff like that. So yeah, we're learning all along. Uh, we had 400 backers on the Indiegogo campaign, so we're hoping to be able to keep them very engaged by either having like a discussion board or having uh, a survey that they can fill out. How did it work for you? What, what quantity worked for you? You know, what's the minimum quantity that you? I mean, have you tried a minimum quantity that you know? What's the smallest amount that you noticed? Nothing. You know, I want to know where that number is. What's the minimum viable you know amount that someone can take? So yeah, we're hoping to be very engaged with people um, to get feedback from them. But we do have a pretty reliable standard protocol. Um, but sometimes with these, you know, an MMA fighter, a professional athlete, I might only be able to give them one or two servings. So we're going to stick with what we know works. But soon when, when they're able to have a liter of it, a much larger quantity, then they can start playing around with, oh, let me try 10 grams. Let me try 15. Let me try 20 the day before. And we'll just be getting, hopefully, a whole bunch more of these, you know, reports and constantly tweaking the best, you know, the best protocol and and share that with people. Yeah. I want to go back to something that you mentioned about the way that you eat, because um, uh, Vigo Vigo Keto is, I think, something that a lot of people uh, who are who are tinkering and who are moving to a plant plant based diet. Yeah. I'm just sort of curious because I, I think for someone like you, who's obviously performing at a high level and, and, and innovating and, and working hard, how do you sustain your, um, what does your diet look like being vegan and keto? Well, first of all, a lot of avocados. So, you know, the other day I bought 12, how many, how, 12, how I many, bought, I bought 12 avocados just to, and then they all get it ripe at one time. And what you do is you put them in a big bowl and you smush them up and then you put them in the freezer 
uh, you put them into ice cube trays in your freezer and then you squirt, squirt lemon on them and then a sheet of plastic over it and you can freeze them and then you can pop them out of the ice cube trays to put into your smoothie. So you always have like perfectly ready avocados. Huh. Uh, so that's All my right. avocado hack. Yeah. Okay. Um, and so a lot of avocados, uh, and then I like the liquid coconuts and so not the MCT necessarily for my, you know, that's fine for the morning, but for my everyday oil consumption, I don't like the hard coconut oil cause you can't put them in cold smoothies cause then you'll get chunks. So the, the MCT, I think it's like a C12, just the cheapest Carrington farms, liquid coconut that you can get on Amazon for seven bucks, you know, add an item. I just do you know, squirt in into the smoothie one or two tablespoons of that with some avocado and then greens, 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 you know, kale, bok choy, uh, and then some cocoa powder, hemp seed, um, and, you know, sometimes chia seeds, but sometimes they make it a thick, but I like to have a thick smoothie, not a watered down. If you have a watered down smoothie, it's just, you know, it's just, it's, 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 all, it's all water. Yeah. So I get, yeah. you know, a large thick smoothie and then, uh, so a lot of avocados. Let's see what else. Soy. A lot of people are anti-soy. I could probably be talked out of it, but you know, being vegan, you're going to start you know taking <laughs> away soy from me. It's going to be pretty hard. So I try to make it as organic as possible. There's some pea protein, uh, you know, meat-ish type products that are out there. Like Beyond Meat has a lot of pea proteins, um, mm -hmm. and uh, I, I'm actually able to do some level of beans and even bean chips. Believe it or not. There's a Benito's, which is like number one ingredient is bean as opposed to rice. And I, I'm able to actually use that with my you know, guacamole or avocados and, and stay in. My wife, if she has any beans or black beans, it kicks her straight out. So everyone's different mm. how they respond to that. Um, there's some noodles that are just bean-based. Like, uh, and I'll, I'll dump in you know, two tablespoons of that you know, cheap MCT oil. So you know, you've got some oil in there. Um, Brussels sprouts. I guess I could go to my my refrigerator and see what's in there. <laughs> the, the easiest thing is the is the smoothies, like really super fast Vitamix. I don't really have recipes. I just throw the whole bunch in. Oh, ginger is a good way to. If you put the ginger in the smoothie, it kicks out all the bitter that you're, you know, this this bitter green plant based stuff. If you have yeah. a bunch of ginger that you put in there. It will give it enough kick that you don't notice the bitter. And the trick with the ginger is you can't just throw an, an elbow of ginger into your thing because you'll have all these stringy strings. So I first put the ginger in the blender with water, just those two. And then I put it through a, not a funnel, but a, a screen that captures all the, the pulp. So I then put the, the liquid back into the smoothie without any of the stringiness. And then I add the other stuff you know, to make the smoothie. Um, nice. And sometimes I do the same thing with turmeric root. Um, do you do you eat, uh, eat many mushrooms? I should do more mushrooms. I did buy it recently, and I would. I don't like the taste of it, so I throw it into the smoothie sometimes when I remember. Um, yeah. And then as far as fruit, I mean, people talk about oh, but fruit is so healthy. It's got all these antioxidants and fruit, fruit, fruit. How can you not eat fruit? And I say, okay, if cocaine was laced with vitamin C. Would that make it healthy? <laughs> it's like, oh, but it's, it's so, the sugar. And, and this one doctor was saying, oh, but it's so colorful. That means it's got to be healthy. I'm like, well, you know, the most colorful 
toad frog, whatever, is the most venomous in the world. Color doesn't necessarily, it could be the opposite. Color draws in <laughs> to lure you in to kill you. So, I mean, I might throw in a couple blueberries or papaya, you know, just to have a few things. But this whole antioxidant thing, here's a boat of sugar that has a bunch of antioxidants. Well, you know, yeah. there's a bunch of antioxidants in kale. There's a bunch of antioxidants in chocolate. Um, and there are some chocolate bars, really hard to find. Lily's has a vegan, sugar-free chocolate bar that is actually pretty good. Um, what? It yeah. is, it, come on, it tastes like shoe. It tastes like a shoe, right? <laughs> well, the tw- tastes like a shoe is Trader Joe's has an all, no sugar, <laughs> all black midnight chocolate that does taste like a shoe, but I have gotten used to eating shoes. Um, <laughs> I, I, I don't eat for, honestly, I don't eat for flavor. My family yeah. looks at what I eat. I eat for fuel and for, you know, speed. Just, I just want to throw it all into the bowl and be done with it so I can move on. Um, so, I mean, don't, yeah. uh, if before uh, I had a sugar sweet tooth, I could eat an entire box of, you know, candies. But one of the benefits also of being vegan is I have this new l- line in the sand. Well, oh, can't eat that. It's got, you know, milk in it. Oh, it's got eggs. And that in and of itself cuts out a lot of processed foods. So, right. That's the other benefit of being vegan is if you draw that line and you just don't eat any processed foods with milk or eggs, like there goes 80%. Now, there are ways to cheat and find, you know, vegan, unhealthy. Vegan does not mean healthy. Like, that's just such a wrong conception. Right. Um, right. There's so many unhealthy, you know, vegan foods that are out there. Um, but it is very hard to eat at a restaurant. I mean, we ask them if there's anything vegan. They're like, we have a salad. Like, I don't want this, you know, iceberg lettuce. So <laughs> if I go to a business meeting, I drink a smoothie, thick smoothie on the way there. And I'll ask for a couple sides of avocado. Like, literally, that's my business you know meeting and then meanwhile they're eating this breaded turkey sandwich and then talking about you know how they have this food coma afterward it's like well you know look at what you're eating yeah i had fettuccine alfredo did i also mention that i have arthritis it's like oh okay. yeah, yeah exactly <laughs> and, you know I, i've got i've got elbow pains i you know i just stubbed my pinky a month ago and it's still hurting so i'm not you know i got problems too yeah. Yeah. No, no judgment. No judgment. Everybody, we all got choices to make. Well, how often do you take, how often do you take the, um, uh, ketone aid? Oh, that's funny. You asked that. I've actually only taken it like twice in the last couple of years. Interesting. Huh. Interesting. Why, why waste it on me? I've, I, I can either, uh, <laughs> I get a supply of like five drinks, like literally just, okay. Uh, it took me weeks and weeks and the lab sends me five drinks and I can either drink one myself or give it to one MMA fighter one professional you know, football player and, you know, one hockey player. Like I don't want to waste it on me. So I took it a couple of times. I took it once before in a race and I had you know, 15 seconds better performance, but you know, I hadn't run in 20 years. And the last time I ran was, you know, on a dirt, you know, my baseline was on a dirt track a week beforehand. Like that's not quantifiable. Um, sure. I was very tired at the end. So yeah. So I've only taken it, you know, two or three times. And once I took it for a podcast and my ketones were really high already because it had the podcast was on video. So it was supposed to be at 10 a.m. ended up being 1 or 2 p.m. And my baseline was like 2.0. And I took the ester and it went you know, to 7, 8. I didn't really notice a difference. And it's kind of like, you know, here I am, you know, marketing and explaining the benefits of this drink. And I didn't notice that much of a difference. Why? 
because my brain was already fueled for the last you know five hours at 2.0 naturally so yeah i had a little bit of a boost in you know mood but you know i could have grabbed a 5 htp for much less um sure because each one of those drinks before we mass produced it each one of the drinks cost me you know two three hundred four hundred bucks per serving so yeah i don't want to don't want to waste it on me well, it goes back to the it goes back to the you can't be more flow than flow yeah if flow or, right? or yeah I'm, I'm more i'm in more flow i'm more flow than flow <laughs> well frank what are what are some what are some uh, resources? And before we, you know, before we take this puppy home, what are some resources that if people are interested in this, which I know that they will be, what are some places, not, not just for the product itself, but what are some resources that you really like that people can learn about ketone esters for, uh, for performance and for, for mental clarity as you, as you go well, through the notepad? Well, Don Diagostino, if you you know look on YouTube, you will find maybe 50 different podcasts that, that he's done. A high intensity health was a recent podcast that had some new information because I've listened to a lot of them and a lot of them are, are repeat. Uh, that one had a lot of new stuff. So Dominic, he works. He's Dr. Dominic D'Agostino. He has a different ketone ester which we didn't really touch upon. The word ketone ester just means a combination. Well, simplistically, a combination of two molecules. It's a, it's an ester. It's a bond. Um, and you know he talks about ketone esters, but his ketone ester is. A different, completely different molecule. It's instead of beta hydroxybutyrate and 1,3-butanediol, it is acetoacetate and racemic 1,3-butanediol. And you know he has found great success in the different tests that he's done. Um, so you can you know listen to him. I'll talk in general about the ketogenic diet, uh, about ketones. His ketone ester, which is different, his is more for deep sea divers. Uh, he found that he could, he or Tim Ferriss could. Uh, double their breath hold when they take that ester. But for some reason, when we've had people try our ester and do a breath hold, the breath hold actually drops by 40%. It does the opposite. So we're talking not like one is slightly better than the other. No, just completely different fuel. <laughs> um, and some are going to be better for certain things and some might be better for other things. And it'll take years to figure out which is better. But you can definitely listen to his podcast to to understand at a high level what all these different things are doing. And we have some, uh, some papers coming out with uh, elite athletes that have tried the ketone ester. Initially, it was designed for uh, distance performance only. But we've been finding a lot of success with weightlifters and uh, not so much sprinters, but people that need immediate recovery. Um, like a ninja warrior that that's like the perfect sport they do a, a 20 seconds of intensity then they need to recover for that next you know uh, salmon ladder whatever they call it <laughs> um so yeah there's a, a lot of data out there we, we posted maybe 20 different interviews we've got some short condensed one minute but some people like to take the deep dive and watch the you know 30 40 minutes of you know that person's uh you know experience cool it's fascinating stuff, man. And, and I, and I, as you alluded to earlier, it's just getting going. There's the, the research, uh, the, the, even though, you know, Dr. Veach's work has been around for a long time, just the, uh, the concept of the brain operating, um, in ketosis, the body operating, um, ketogenically is just, it's, we're just getting going. And I, it's, it's cool to be able to touch base with you now uh, because in a year or two, when everybody's doing this, it's going to be, we can look back, we can look back and reference this one. Um, 
Yeah, this, this, this is people? as large. Yeah. If I could explain, this is as large as if the world lived in a in a and they only had two food groups. They had fat and carbs. And then some doctor just one day invented, hey guys, have you ever heard of this thing called protein? Imagine what would happen if we took protein. It's basically just like that. Um, so that's the you know the possibilities. This is a fourth food group, and it will be the new. There'll be new macros instead of having eighty fifteen five. We're gonna have to establish some new macros, whether it's you know fifty fat, you know, twenty ketones, whatever. Um, it's yeah, it's very very early, and this is just ripe to explode. Yeah, I I see it. I see it. I, I I couldn't agree more. And I and I know that our listeners are are informed and 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 poised and ready and and just hungering for for new knowledge. So I think that there's a there's a lot of good clarifying uh, information in this for everybody. Where can where can people get a hold of you, Frank, if you want them to? <laughs> ketoneaid.com and uh, you know I, I, what I'm expecting is we've got these 400 orders. Once those go out, and then they start telling you know 10, 20 people about their experience, then I might not be able. It might change to an email address like info at ketoneaid, but right now, sure. you know, people still email me directly, Frank at ketoneaid.com, and I'm I have enough bandwidth to uh, help everyone so far. Awesome. Well, that uh, that does it for this episode of the Optimal Performance Podcast, Frank. Thanks for joining us, man. All right, thanks a lot.